This is Rabbi Aaron Box from Temple Beth Shalom in Ocala, Florida. Once again, back with my podcast this week. Um, I want to discuss an issue that is on the forefront of my mind, um, but also uh, is an important issue in our world today, especially in the United States of America. Uh, this Shabbat is uh, the uh, Women's Reproductive Health Shabbat, or Repro Shabbat, Repro Shabbat. Um, and the National Council of Jewish Women has provided a tremendous amount of resources uh, for uh, those of us in the world who are um, going to be talking about this topic this Shabbat, whether it's leading a Torah study or giving a sermon. Uh, there's a, a number of ways in which we are uh, uh, marking this uh, particular uh, Shabbat service. Um, I want to read a little bit of the uh, uh, of a, a letter or, or a note that was written by the National Council of Jewish Women to sort of get us going. Abortion access is a major crisis now in the United States. Since the fall of Roe v. Wade in the summer of 2022, many states have passed outright bans on abortion or imposed draconian limits. Abortion bans reflect a specific Christian definition of the beginning of life, and limit the, term, the termination of pregnancy even in instances where Jewish law not only permits, but requires it. Learning the sources that undergird Judaism's approach to reproductive rights can help illuminate one of the major struggles of our day in new and sometimes surprising ways. And then a note here. These texts talk, not surprisingly, about pregnant women. In the context of our contemporary gender categories, it might be useful to remember that while many, but not all, cisgender women can get pregnant, so too can some non-binary people, some trans men, and some other people whose identities are not reflected in the framework of binary gender. Uh, and it's incredibly important to, include, to, to understand that, or at least mention that, because the texts that we're going to be looking at are from two centuries ago. Excuse me, 2,000 years ago. And uh, a lot more than two centuries. And, you know, these were texts that were written uh, and discussed by men uh, that, that are discussed about biblical texts or discussions regarding biblical texts. Um, but before we jump into the text, there's three important notes, important ideas. Number one. When you're talking about abortion, reproductive rights, what are you talking about? You're talking about a, a person getting pregnant and deciding whether or not they're going to have the child or prevent the child, prevent the, the pregnancy from going to, uh, uh, to become a child, become a baby, a living, breathing baby. And of course, the question that comes out of this is, when does the, the fetus, when does the, the baby become a baby? When is it more than just, quote unquote, a part of the mother or the host, if you will? So here's three main points that, that, that the texts that I'm going to be discussing in a moment here that are trying to determine. Number one, the fetus does not have the status of personhood. Causing a miscarriage incurs monetary damages, not capital punishment, for manslaughter. 
and and we go to uh, uh, the first text, which is in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, verses 22 through 25. When men fight, and one of them pushes a pregnant woman, and a miscarriage results, but no other damage ensues, the one responsible shall be fined according as the woman's husband may exact from him the payment to be based on reckoning. But if other damage ensues, the penalty shall be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. In other words, if someone accidentally causes a miscarriage to take place, they are obligated to pay financial reparations only. The case is not treated as manslaughter or murder, which would demand the death penalty. The quote-unquote other damage that would demand the death penalty would be the death of the pregnant person. Causing the termination of the pregnancy is not, in the Torah, in the sacred Hebrew text, considered killing a person. So we have to start there. Before we do anything else, we have to talk about the fact that when you are killing a human being, that is capital punishment. A fetus is not considered capital punishment. Okay, that's chapter 21 of Exodus, verses 22 through 25. We move on to the second point. The full status of personhood begins at a viable birth. So what is a viable birth? In the Mishnah, Oholot 7.6, we are told, we are taught, if a woman is having trouble giving birth, they cut up the child in her womb and brings it forth limb by limb because her life comes before the life of, quote, the child. But if the greater part has come out, one may not touch it, for one may not set aside one person's life for that of another. Genesis ch chapter 2, verse 7 the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth. He blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Rashi says, its head came out. With a woman that is experiencing difficulty giving birth and is in mortal danger, and it is taught in the first section of this teaching, the midwife extends her hand and cuts it up and extracts the pieces as the entire time that that it has not gone out into the air of the world, it is not considered a soul, and so it is possible to quote-unquote kill it to save its mother. But when its head comes out, we cannot touch it, as it is like a born baby, and we do not push off one soul for the sake of another. 3. The fetus does not have meaningful status for the first 40 days, Therefore, thereafter, it is considered part of the body of the pregnant person. Okay? Note, modern post-scheme or modern uh, 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 thinkers, writers, count the 40 days noted in the texts from conception. Given that our contemporary medical establishment counts pregnancy from last menstrual period, that would land the end of the 40 days at around seven to eight weeks gestation as we count them today. Mishnah Nidah 3.7 If a woman miscarried on the 40th day, she need not be concerned that it was a valid childbirth. On the 41st day, she sits as, both, as for both a male and a female and as for a menstruant. 
Rabbi Ishmael says, If she miscarried on the 41st day, she sits as for a male and as for a menstruant. But if on the 81st day, she sits as for a male and a female and a menstruant, because a male is fully fashioned on the 41st day and a female on the 81st day. But the sages say, the fashioning of the male and the fashioning of the female both take 41 days. Basically, what we're, what we're seeing here is the 41st day is when the baby becomes viable. It is not viable before that. And there's some modern takes on this as well. And by modern, I go, I talk about the last couple hundred years. Um, and we're going to look at one of them right now. And it is, this is from um, Mordechai, Rabbi Mordechai Winkler. Um, he says, mental health risk has been definitely equated with physical health risk. This woman in danger of losing her mental health unless the pregnancy is interrupted would therefore accordingly qualify. The woman's mental health takes precedence over the pregnancy. That's what that's being said. So why spend so much time discussing this? In Florida, we just secured the right to have reproduct women's reproductive rights, the rights to an abortion on the ballot for the next year. It's ballot. Meaning... As a, as a citizen of the state of Florida, we will have the right, the ability to vote on an amendment to the Florida Constitution that allows for abortion to be legal. If it is enshrined in the state constitution, it is a given right that cannot be taken away and it cannot be, so, someone cannot be criminalized for taking care of their reproductive rights. This is huge, huge huge. May we come to a day when reproductive rights are the same, equal for all people, especially for those who right now are feeling beaten down by the lack of reproductive rights since the, since the, the uh, Roe v. Wade being turned over. I hope that we can get to that point sooner rather than later. I wish you an early Shabbat Shalom, and I'll be back again next week.